So we go to this um, this uh, Goosh place this morning. And at the very end of our tour, because, again, my wife and kids are still there, they take us into one of the hangars. And I can't give away too much. These are really, really secret, you know, military informational pieces. But at the very end of the speech, these two guys, these two brave guys with machine guns, start giving me gifts. These beautiful jackets, one Israel fun jackets, and then these gorgeous, there's a very popular artist here in Israel. He's, he's French, but he's a very popular artist, and he paints these beautiful 3D pictures. And we were in a store last night by the hotel, and Danelle wanted to buy one. And ironically, here we are the next morning, this morning, and they gave us one of this guy's small paintings for free. But they gave me two of them. The other one is for Curtis. You can't make this up. So I go, Curtis, and there's a note from some lady who listens to me every day, listens to Curtis on this show every day, and is thankful that Curtis, Goy and all, Curtis Sliwa, is there for Israel like I am. So now we got to bring back this gift to Curtis while I was out there last night, last night yelling and screaming about Rikers Island and CEOs and Eric Adams, you need to know, Curtis, the people here in Israel, they love you like I do. Yes, and uh, remember, Sid, I was actually in the block uh, of Etzion. I actually stayed a night in Tekoya, which is surrounded by Palestinian villages where they've lost Israeli settlers before, even two boys that uh, were basically kidnapped, killed, disappeared in Sahara. And while I slept, you know me, I don't sleep. I'd walk around and I would see men and women on constant vigil with their guns protecting the community because they're always subject to attack. In fact, when they finally transferred me to Bethlehem, which is only about five miles away. Yeah, it's right down the road. a, A mother with a assault weapon, was driving me. Some Palestinians were throwing rocks at her in the road. She got up. She capped a few shots in the air. I said, oh, my Hashem. And those Palestinians were running, and she didn't even break a sweat. She said, happens all the time. Uh, we got to defend what we know is right. And these are the bravest of the brave. I am so happy that they brought you and Danielle and your children to that museum, if you remember, I had discussed a few days ago before you departed the museum about the history of Gush Etzion. You, you actually did do that, and believe me when I tell you, I thought about you this morning. You were the first person I thought of when I entered the museum, the command quarters. I mean, all of it, you did do that, and yes, we were there today. Do you realize that those brave uh, Israelis, made a last stand there. They were slaughtered by the uh, Arab, Arab Legion, which is really crack Jordanian troops under who had been trained by the British, who were on their way to Jerusalem. And those settlers said, no, if we, it, this became their Alamo. We are not going to allow them to just march their way into Jerusalem. And even though they were all slaughtered, even after they surrendered, they were put up against a wall, 
shot in the head, left to bleed and die, and yet some of them still continue to resist. I remember every year they return. There used to be this oak tree right there on the Israel-Jordan uh, border. Oh, my God. You are so learned. It's, it's unbelievable. They'll continue in two seconds. That oak tree is still there. Uh, and, and, the, and the picture that they gave to me and Danielle, and they gave to one, one for you as well, which I'm bringing home to you, is exactly that, that oak tree. Remember, remember our own Tony Orlando tied the yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. That oak tree is so symbolic of the Jews defending themselves against trained Arab legions, Jordanians, those from Iraq, those from Egypt. There weren't that many Israelis at that time, that many Jews. And, you know, right after, right after the Arab legions, Kill the people of Gush Etzion. Kill the people of Far Etzion. The very next day, Ben-Gurion declared independence for the state of Israel. That's exactly right. The very next day in 1948. I got to tell you, it's uh, just, I'm so happy that you and your family are there to experience this. All Jews, all Gentiles should. And once again, I can't say it enough. The evangelical Christians of American America are the biggest supporters of the state of Israel because they go there to do their pilgrimages first to learn about the Old Testament. And their reverends tell them you cannot learn about the New Testament until you completely understand the Old Testament. And they're there for the Jews through thick and thin, the evangelicals in America. They are the biggest supporters. And I have to say this. The evangelicals support the state of Israel even more than the Jews of the United States. Oh, there's no doubt the Jews of the United States are the worst. I mean, I'm not even talking about the really bad ones, guys like your former partner, Ron Kuby or Bernie Sanders. I'm talking about everyday Jews whose mothers and fathers had number on their, numbers on their arms and vote for people like Joe Biden, who funds Iran. I mean, I'm talking about those types of Jews, stupid, ignorant Jews who fund the other team and yell and scream about my team. But listen, I want to get to to something else. Can I mention one other thing, though? Uh, When you go there, when I did, I went there the year of the 50th anniversary, so that's 1998. As I went through Tekoya, they'd say, hey, I'm from Flatbush, I'm from Midwood, I'm from (laughs) Regal Park, I'm from Lakewood, yo, Curtis! We got a lot of Americans there who have done Ali, a yes. lot of people from this New York, New Jersey area who yes. have committed themselves in defense of the state of Israel. No question about it. And that was going to be my next point was that when I walk around Israel, your group, the Guardian Angels, these are amazing people, right? They're not making a ton of money. They're out there every day volunteering their services to aid fellow New Yorkers. They're brave. They're courageous. All started by you, Curtis over four decades ago. Imagine, just imagine, if everybody, everybody in New York was a guardian angel. That is Israel. Well, let me just say, upon your return, your safe return with your lovely family, as you've been just uh, just recharged with your history as a Jewish person, always under attack by almost everybody in this world, uh, I have a surprise for you about what our guardian angels are going to do in New York City on our 45th anniversary, February 13th. 
Oh, that's going to be awesome. On Valentine's Day, how about that? February 13th, or the day before Valentine's Day, my sister Elizabeth's birthday, 45 years for the Guardian Angels. So, Curtis, tell me about last night. I heard the audio at about 5.45 this morning, you yelling and screaming outside of Rikers Island, how unfairly the CEOs are still being treated. It looked like, or it sounded like, I should say, you were taking a shot shockingly, at the mayor, Eric Adams. What was that all about last night? Well, first off, the swagger man with no plan has gone on this PR campaign on behalf of the cops because, uh, as you know, and he rightfully did this, he vetoed the cop stops bill. The city council has it on the docket today to take a vote, which means you have to understand this. If they didn't have the votes, it wouldn't be on the docket. Uh, the Speaker of the City Council, who's also named Adams, no relationship to Eric Adams, would never have scheduled it for a vote to override the veto if she didn't have the votes. That would be t- totally embarrassing. But all the mayor's capital has been into, oh, the cops are not going to be able to do their job. They're going to have to be doing paperwork. And that is true. I support the mayor on this. But, Sid, let me tell you something. The easiest way out of this is the cops don't have to follow it. The cops, who's going to be watching the cops that they just had a conversation with a tourist or something, and now they got to uh, put it in their iPhone or their smartphone? So there's an easy way to get around it. The group that has been abandoned are the correctional officers who, without a doubt, have the toughest job in the city. Imagine, here you are, Sid, they put you in a tier that is controlled by the Bloods or the Crips or the Latin Kings, or the Trinitarios, or MS-13, and you're by yourself, no weapons, nothing, and they say, hey, keep order in the tier, and the guys look at you and like, yo, yo, what, what, what are you going to do? Get the hell out of here, we'll kill you, we'll slice you up. This is what goes on day to day. And so this bill, which would eliminate solitary confinement, the mayor has never gone out on a PR campaign and said, hey, look, solitary confinement was eliminated by the de Blasio administration in 2016. There is no solitary confinement. And what hasn't been said, and shame on the mayor and shame on City Hall, this bill, which will not, the veto will not be overridden by the council. In fact, there will be more people voting for it than voted for it initially. 30 guys, 30 mutts and scales get on a Rikers Island prison bus to be taken to court. They've always been handcuffed, Sid, always. I know. I've been on those Rikers Island buses. Now they will not be handcuffed. Can you imagine on a Rikers Island prison bus with one driver, one Rikers Island correctional officer, and 30 mutts and skells who want to settle their differences right on the bus? It's hard enough to control kids on a school bus. How the hell are they going to control 30 Rikers Island inmates on their way to court who will not be handcuffed now. Think of that, Sid. What a mess. When did you, where did you me... first hear, hear this? You hearing it from me because I was on the rock. Yep. Uh, Eric Adams has spent no time on Rikers Island. He's given up. He said, oh, the feds are going to take it over. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend any of my political capital. I want people to imagine that. When you get arrested, as which I've been arrested many, many times, when they put me in the back of a squad car, guess what? They have my hands behind my back, and I am handcuffed because I could easily attack the police if I wasn't. 30 guys on a correctional bus on the way to court, no handcuffs, one correctional officer, one driver. 
But that's going to be like Con Air, right? Con Air, they had him in Chains and Shackles, the movie. Can you imagine if the guys on Con Air were not shackled and chained, what they would have done? Think about that, Sid. The other thing is that the mayor has not explained that if an inmate slashes a correctional officer, all of a sudden he will be given a timeout for just two hours. Just two hours. Hey, calm down. You know, like you'd have with your son or daughter if they acted up. After two hours, they're put back in the general population in the same tier, in the same location that they just slashed the correctional officer. Is anybody explaining that out there? Of course not. Because City Hall doesn't care about Rikers Island. They don't care about the correctional officers. 86% of people of color, black and Hispanic, and most correctional officers now are females. Even those that are assigned to the men's uh, prison wards are females. And every day these guys are whipping out their three-piece set, oh masturbating in front of them, hey wanting, wanting to prove they don't have project, you know, uh, pro, uh, 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 difficulty in erectile, terms of... Erectile, yes. Right, saluting the yeah. flag, right? Because they want to show <laughs> yeah. you they're not flaccid, they're turgid. And they grab the females by their tuchus, and now nothing can be done. How the hell is a female correctional officer going to go back in there and survive this process? Does anybody speak on their behalf? Have you heard the mayor speak about that? Of course not. He has forsaken them. I've been on the rock. I've been locked up on the rock. I am in solidarity with the correctional officers who have absolutely the toughest job in the city, and they have been forsaken by City Hall. They have been forsaken by City Council. And you know what? I would have every City Council member arrested and locked up one day. You know, it's like play arrest. You put into general population just for one night, and they'll be coming out saying, Oh, my God, it may be a Maytag. All the horrors of what I was exposed to. Lock them up. Let them experience what life on the rock is for the correctional officer. And the inmates, many of whom are attacked, who have no means of protecting themselves when the gangs who run the prison decide to prey on them. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabolaw, where winning is no accident. 
Well done, Curtis, as always. By the way, as we wrap up this uh, great appearance, uh, a daily great appearance from Curtis Slim, I've got a message here from Arlene Antman Abrams. She says, the gift you received from Gush Etzion came from my sister-in-law, Shani Simkowitz. She's the first person who took Curtis around. She's trying to call in just to say hello and thank you for coming to Israel. Thank you for everything you are doing. So it turns out that Shani Simkowitz, Curtis, she took you around in Israel, and she's the one who gave you and I these gifts this morning. That's an example of what tough Jews are in Israel. Here, they're weak. Oh, oh they're schmendrics, pitches. Oh, oh, who's going to defend us? When you go to Israel, the women are tougher than most of the Jewish men here in America. They got a set there, and they pull out that assault weapon, and you don't mess with an Israeli Jewish woman, or they're going to fire you up with lead right there, and then put you on the uh, Paradise Express, and you can zoom yourself right on up to Allah's side. All true, and, uh, you know, on top of all that, they're all good-looking. So he got oh, drop dead gorgeous. Oh, my God, this oh. hot lady with a gun who oh. will blow your head off at the sound of a firecracker. And uh, that does make for a very interesting afternoon. Curtis Sliwa, as Danielle, always, wait a second. Great Danielle, job. do not let Sid go to the beaches of Elat. Do not let him not go going. unsupervised to yeah, the beaches of Elat. The no. French, Moroccan, Jewish women. Oh, my God. Well, I know Danielle's not listening, but I can't tell you that Nancy's not, Curtis. Anyway, great job, Curtis.